if you're doing anything collaboratively or that involves teamwork, if you have better communication, if you have better trust, if you have practice even just communicating or working together, it can go a long way. Welcome to the Executive Leadership Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking to Michael Alexis about the importance of team building. Michael Alexis is the CEO of teambuilding.com, which is a company that runs fun, fully hosted team building experiences for clients like Apple, Amazon, Google, Johnson & Johnson, Netflix, Chipotle, and more. Teambuilding.com was number 15 on the Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing private companies in America in 2022 and was number one for business services. So you're going to enjoy this awesome discussion that we have with the CEO, Michael Alexis, on team building. And you are going to enjoy this fun uh, podcast and learn really the importance of team building and how you can use some of the tools they provide into your organizations that you lead. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will catch you after this episode. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Happy to have you and really looking forward to to our discussion today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So uh, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself before we get going. Sure. So Michael Alexis, CEO of teambuilding.com. Uh, nobody has ever been surprised that we run team building events as a company. Uh, prior to that, uh, I led marketing teams, uh, one for a company called Museum Hack, which did renegade tours uh, in cities like uh, at the best museums in cities like uh, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, et cetera. We also had a team building division, which kind of got me into the space. Uh, I worked as a lawyer. I worked in catering. I worked uh, in a lot of different places, which all kind of contributed to uh, how I think about teams and teamwork uh, and the workplace and what it can be. Awesome. Um, so really the basis of our topic is going to be team building. Uh, you've built a company and platform around team building. And, uh, this is a very important conversation, especially when we talk about leadership and leading teams. Um, there, there's a lot that encompasses team building and teamwork. Um, so can you share a little bit about your experience and expertise in team building and why this is so important um, in in a, in a professional setting? Yeah, so I think that for a lot of people, me included, uh, the initial exposure to team building is what you do in your early jobs, right? So I started off working in kitchens, which are actually unique in that they have kind of excellent camaraderie built in if you're in a good kitchen with the right people. Um, but it was very informal, right? Like the, the restaurant owners, just the managers weren't putting together uh, a trivia event for us. They weren't taking us out to a, a team outing, nothing like this. But at least the idea that you need to be a cohesive team to put that meal together and get it out on time, right? Communication needs to be great. The front and the back of the house have to be able to rely on each other and trust each other uh, is all there. Uh, and then later on, as I progressed through my career, I think I started to see more of it formal uh, and appreciate the power of it. So working at a law firm, for example, law firms tend to invest in team building a lot because they see the importance of people being connected. Uh, my own expertise comes from uh, what we've done with the teambuilding.com and then the predecessors to it. 
before we are teambuilding.com, we actually had a number of different brands in the space. So we had uh, Museum Hack, the one I mentioned that did the uh, Renegade Tours. We also did those for corporate groups. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about how an event needs to be structured, especially somewhere like a museum, to make sure that it's uh, meeting the goals of people who are planning team building events, which is uh, connectivity, communication, collaboration, problem solving, et cetera, but also it's just fun right? Which a museum is not always fun by default. So we would do a lot of work uh, to make it so. Uh, we had another brand called The Great Guac Off, which is guacamole making competitions at, uh, for corporate groups, usually at their office or at a, a convention center, something like this. Similarly, we looked and said, okay, well, what's a non-event event format and what makes it team building instead of just a competition. If you get a lot of people together and you give them avocados and and onions to chop up, et cetera, that's one thing. But how do we make sure that everybody in a group is participating and engaged and mm -hmm. creative? Um, and so there's things that we do, like uh, starting the event with team formations and an icebreaker, giving everybody an opportunity to um, say something out loud in front of peers who they may or may not be super connected with, um, with the guac off format anyways, in addition to, I mean, the main part of the event is making guac, but we also have a trivia session where people can uh, work together on their team, solve, I don't know, kind of fun, quirky trivia about avocados. They've gotten that teamwork and then they've also come away with it with some cool facts that they get to share later. Uh, bringing that into teambuilding.com, then became significantly more uh, advanced. So we launched as teambuilding.com at the beginning of the pandemic, which was a unique time for a lot of teams, really the entire planet, uh, but with teams, especially because they were going remote for the first time, many of them. And so um, we really pioneered what it could be to um, connect in virtual team building and uh, created uh, really kind of reliable, repeatable formats that we know uh, engage teams, connect teams, and also help make teams happier and receive excellent feedback. So a lot of really good stuff. And as far as the importance of team building goes, I think I think a lot of it is probably um, kind of obvious or even inherent uh, if you look at it. If you're doing anything collaboratively or that involves teamwork, if you have better communication, if you have better trust, if you have practice even just communicating or working together, it can go a long way. So a lot of what you do in uh, team building can simulate what work is going to be or what is work is going to be like uh, can go a long way. That being said, there are many different kinds of team building. We specifically focus on kind of fun social activities that bring people together, have a good time. Uh, you know, Training can also be team building parts of the onboarding process can be team built and each of those would support a business and its goals uh in different ways but uh i guess the the bottom line is that happy connected team is going to work a lot better and you're going to achieve your business goals hopefully other barriers might be in the way yeah that's true i feel like kind of through my experience um companies often uh miss the mark when it comes to uh team building or even having the the focus on team building, because I even experienced myself this, uh, being a leader in business is you're oftentimes you can get so focused on the business and the intricacies that involve just running a business that you kind of lose sight of 
I have a team supporting this business and my focus should be on developing that team and um, companies that miss the mark on that or, or leaders that miss the mark on that. You see the difference than another company that's focused on uh, team building and employee engagement and retention and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. It's sort of like metrics across the board should look better. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what, what are the different types of team building that that people can uh, implement? And of course, you have a one solution to offer, which we'll dive into a little bit more. But uh, what are some of the others um, that you think are are essential to to having um, in in the workplace? So I think different ways to divide uh, team building and all kinds of different Venn diagrams, et cetera, that could draw. Right. So I mentioned the fun social activities, and then of course there's also the um, the training, the more formal stuff, et cetera. I think a good way to think about, especially if people are new to team building or if it's a smaller company that hasn't done much before, is to think both about, uh, you could call it informal and formal team building. So formal team building would be very deliberately, we're going to spend the afternoon doing X, Y, Z, whether it's a rope course or an event with us or uh, uh poker tournament, something, right? Something mm -hmm. with a lot of structure, cocktail party, holiday party, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And those, I think, are pretty easy to identify and kind of appreciate the value of and, and the participation that goes into it. Informal team building is also extraordinarily important because it's kind of like the glue that connects it all. Um, in uh, a workplace where you have an office, arguably, if somebody walks in, in the morning and says hello to the receptionist and they have a little bit of chit chat, you could call that team building, right? It's it's the smallest amount of team building, assuming that it's a friendly chat, but it's right. still something there. If you're sitting together with colleagues at lunch, if you're um, you know meeting up uh, after work because you enjoy people's company and you want to connect on stuff outside of work, that's good. And those informal moments are something that as uh, business leaders or executives or management team, you can create more opportunities for. So um, thinking about those chit-chat examples, there are online equivalents. You just have to be more deliberate about them because you don't get online in the morning and anybody's necessarily there. But you can do things like um, setting aside a little bit of time in each virtual meeting like we're having here towards uh, fun social activities. We have something called the 8% rule, uh, which suggests about 8% of the time in every meeting could be allocated to that 8% because in an hour, that's about five minutes, which... Most of us should be able to carve out something as simple as an icebreaker question at the beginning can go a long way, right? What's your name? What's your role if people aren't familiar? And then, you know, what was your favorite sandwich growing up? And then people could can share and feel comfortable doing so. If you said, well, actually, maybe we'll do it. What was your favorite sandwich growing up? My favorite sandwich is simple PB&J. Amazing, right? Like they're yeah. so good and you can have it toasted untoasted uh i loved them too and now we've just had a small opportunity to bond and more can come from that but um more and more uh i guess emph emphasis on both making sure you're doing the both the formal and the informal stuff can go a very long way mm -hmm. yeah and uh, one thing i noticed over time kind of uh working my way through through the workforce is you know the the team building aspect it could be just little acts. Like one thing I like my boss uh, and the work that I do is oftentimes he'll just say, he'll send out a group chat 
and say, hey, let's go out to lunch. And just that one hour of lunch with him just makes a complete difference because we're not talking about work. We're just like relaxed, you know, um, and and he's just off the cuff. And we're just we're just talking about everything not related to work. And yeah. some, sometimes you just need that. And then there's there's stuff that we do in our business um, when we have our partner meeting is we start our partner meetings. Like you said, that first five minutes, we we don't even talk about business. We just talk about like, well, how are you doing personally? You know, what's going on in your life? And that really helps like change the whole conversation where it's not just all about work, 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 because sometimes that could get too much at times. Yeah. And it's funny, right? Because when we say it out loud, I think it sounds a little bit obvious. It's like, of course you can chit chat at the beginning of the meeting, <laughs> but not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and workplaces that are, you know, so structured, so on the clock, et cetera, I think are yeah. missing a piece of it. Yeah. yeah. I experienced that for sure in the corporate world where we're on conference calls and virtual stuff, especially during COVID, right? You have all these meetings scheduled and as soon as it starts, you wait for everyone to come in and you're right into the, whatever the topic well, looking yep. at numbers or whatever that might be so yeah, which i guess a different way to manage maybe they have some pros too but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so how do you approach uh really building that cohesive and high-performing team when we're talking about uh team building a lot that goes into it so building a cohesive and so we 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 do so much. We do uh, the informal stuff, the formal stuff that I mentioned. We do things around uh, onboarding to make sure that people are involved um, from day one and and feel like they're part of the team. So, for example, uh, we have a we have a song, a custom song that we recorded that welcomes people to the team. Uh, we have team members, not in all cases, but in many, um, record a journal of their initial experiences that can be shared out and provides a value perspective too. Uh, as far as the more deliberate stuff goes, we. We, not surprisingly, do all of our own internal events, right, as demos, and so everyone knows kind of what our product is. And because yeah. of that, we do uh, we do a lot uh, of internal team building. We also do external stuff as a way to um, try new things and also products uh, that we wouldn't otherwise offer. We do one of the one of the actually most effective is probably team retreats we are a fully remote team and so uh so far once a year but coming up uh, in 2024 we're going to do it twice where we bring everyone together uh, our last one for example was in nashville we flew everybody in we had i think four days together that was a mix of meetings uh, and in-person activities which is extraordinarily powerful every time we do this people come out of them uh happy excited motivated which is nice but also just more connected uh at this last retreat um i felt a little bit like uh the fly on the wall right because the team was just working together so well and communicating we had the creative team that was um working with sales on what exactly is the products that uh, clients want this holiday season. We had the marketing team um, chiming in about kind of what resources they can provide to support all that. It was just very, very, very good. Um, I think maybe one way to think of um, that that successful high-performing team would be something like a table, which is maybe a weird analogy, but tables mm-hmm. got four legs, maybe more, right? Like six, eight. Yeah. 10, 20 legs. And so any of the things that we've mentioned can be one of those legs. And if you were to entirely remove one, well, if you still got the other 19, you're probably okay. But the more that you remove and kind of the less that you're 
team is um is relying on it's going to tip it's going to toggle it's going to get wobbly um you know there are there are companies um not necessarily right or wrong who have like the one annual team building event right that is the one thing they do which yeah. okay they've got that one leg covered but there's more that can go a long way to supporting the team well we hope you're enjoying this podcast episode i just want to take a quick pause here to talk about our company tc advisory group which is a professional leadership training and coaching organization where we're able to provide leadership support at for any organization at any level and this could be on an individual level this could be also at a team or department level or as an entire organization tc advisory group can provide a complement of services whether it's in person virtual or a combination of both and also through on-demand courses so if you would like to learn more about how tc advisor group can help you with your leadership or your organization's leadership or your department's leadership we are here to help you and find those pain points for you you can check out our website at www.tcadvisorygroup.com and that link also is in the podcast description and you can send us an email at it's info at tcadvisorygroup.com. Again, tcadvisorygroup.com. You can check out the website or send us an email. Info at tcadvisorygroup.com. Uh, and also, trust has a is a huge factor when we're talking about uh, building a team and, and having a team and fostering a team. So how do you really foster that sense of trust and collaboration uh, with, within a team? So trust, uh, I think, is, yeah, I, I agree. It's so incredibly important. And I think there's a couple of things to it. One is to be uh, careful and cautious, or maybe careful and cautious isn't even the right word, but slow and intentional with your hiring, right? Like the people that you bring onto the team are so um, important in making sure that they fit with the the culture and the team that you have. Um, I mean, ex easy example of that is you do see, um in some resumes and applications, things that seem misrepresented that you might want to look into a little bit more or kind of stories or past examples of work um, to be cautious of. But uh, aside from that, aside from having the right people on the team, uh, really does come from leadership down to display and model what trust needs to be. One of our core values as a company, and something I believe should be a core value at every company, uh, is to operate at level 10 integrity. Uh, and the level, both parts of that are important, right? So integrity, of course, we all know, but level 10 is a very high standard. It means that if you're thinking about making a decision, it's only like level eight, level nine, because I don't know, maybe it's it's cheaper or it's easier to do, or you think you can get away with it, or you're feeling all this pressure or whatever, then uh, that's fine, but it's not level 10. And so we really, really um, make an effort to follow it. I can share a couple of fun examples. I think maybe not even necessarily fun, but one was that, um, so years ago when we did the museum tour, sometimes we do theme ones. We do like a, a Game of Thrones theme tour, or a Pokemon theme tour, when those things were big in the media and we thought it was an opportunity to capture on it. But we did want to be... Um, uh, hey, the, the high integrity approach is to be, and the legal approach is to be um, careful and cautious with other people's intellectual property. So we had uh, a team member propose that we do a Harry Potter tour of the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Harry Potter, huge fan base. We thought it could be a big thing. Uh, and 
we thought about this and like, okay, well, the level 10 approach is to not just do this. We need to message JK Rowley to see uh, what her and her team say about uh, using this. So we sent off the email. We were super excited uh, to hear back, which actually I think relatively quickly, a few days later, um, they replied and said, absolutely not. You cannot use the Harry Potter name. Uh, <laughs> and we went, okay, well, that's, that's fair. We took the high integrity approach here, but then it forced us to get creative and we thought, okay, well, we can call it what well, it was like the the completely unofficial and definitely unlicensed boy wizard tour, um, which was kind of fun, creative approach. And that actually unique name ended up helping us get some press and, and high profile stuff. So that was good. Um, the other examples are probably less fun. It's like we had we had somebody once who from whatever their payment process was, had overpaid us like $11 for an event on, on a two or $3,000 event, right? It was some margin of error, like a, a percentage or something. Um, and the amount of the amount of work and even the cost of wiring that $11 back to them was, I mean, no operational or business efficiency, but it's important to do because it's level 10 integrity, right? Everything needs yeah. to be um correct and good so if you model for that from the top then you're in the position to hold the rest of the team to that standard as well it doesn't mean that everybody's going to get it perfect uh, 100 of the time but when it does happen you can have a conversation about well let's bring it back to to this and if you have integrity i think trust very quickly follows mm -hmm. yeah, yeah along with integrity and trust communication is also a big part of of team building so can you share any tips that you have on really improving that communication on, on a team? What are some of the things that, that you do, especially with the work that you do um, in terms of communication? Yeah, a lot. So uh, I think one area that communication is a big field. One area that we could talk about, though, is introverts and extroverts, right? And yeah. on the on, and looking at on the face, it's like, you have a bunch of people on, on a video call. The extroverts are right out there, excited, happy to be there, happy to chat. And the introverts, like me included, uh, are there and want to participate in our own way. Uh, and so uh, icebreakers, like I mentioned, are a good way to, to start off and give everybody a chance to talk. Um, if you provide that framework, uh, and if you do it in the right way, it can go a very long way. So for example, when we ask an icebreaker question, yeah, when it was just the two of us, it's like, okay, what's your favorite sandwich? That's fine. Um, yeah. But if you have a larger group, you say like, okay, this is what the prompt is going to be. Um, I'm going to give an example of what my answer is. And I'm also going to let you know who's going next or the next two people on deck. And so whether you're, if you're in person, you just have a circle and you can say like, okay, I'm going left. And then people who uh, are anxious or feeling anxiety about needing to speak in front of the group, at least know like, okay, I'm not going to get picked out of the blue. It's not improv. I'm going to be number six or eight or whatever. And you can simulate that virtually as well by letting people know what the order is or doing it in the chat or something like this. Um, and then uh, by finishing that up, by sharing your own example, right? So my name is Michael. I'm the CEO, CEO of teambuilding.com. My favorite sandwich going up uh, was the grilled cheese, right? Like super buttery grilled cheese dipped in something like tomato soup or something. And it's nice. And then you've given people structure. You've given them time to think about what their answer is. The extroverts were already ready to go, but yeah. now the extroverts have caught up. They can share their thing. And then the rest of the call becomes less scary because they've already been able to say something out loud. Um, the other thing that can be very important with communication 
or one of the many things is uh, something we think of as scaffolding. So with that, you start off with what are uh, maybe easier forms of communication or less vulnerable uh, and work your way up from there. So on a spectrum, like asking somebody about uh, their favorite flavor of ice cream is easy, right? Like it would take you a second to think of, even if you get it wrong, it's kind of low stakes. And how can you get it wrong? It's like mint chocolate chip, whatever is fine. All the way through though, to the level of communication that you might have privately with your therapist or your lawyer or uh, your significant other or somebody like this. The communication that you're having as a, as a team in the workplace is probably not on the therapist level, but hopefully it's somewhere above the ice cream level. So working, scaffolding your way up from, okay, well, we're going to start by talking about ice cream, but then like once we've got that level of comfort, it's okay to start talking about, you know, X, Y, X, Y, Z. I don't know what a good example would be on the cuff. Something, maybe something about growing up, right? Like, hey, what's an example from like your childhood something you really enjoyed about being at school well it takes a little bit more to think about it it is a little bit more vulnerable to share something uh and then uh, eventually you can start having much more difficult conversations or fierce conversations where um i think it's perfectly okay for team members within a department or in different departments to you know to challenge each other to say like oh why are you doing it this way or or maybe um you know you came late to the meeting and that was very inconvenient for us these are all things that you can communicate um respectfully and easily but if you have that baseline of kind of friendly communication first it becomes a lot easier um challenging uh or having those kind of conversations with somebody who you're less familiar with is uncomfortable and it should be because there's no relationship there what what are some of the the common challenges that you've seen and maybe you've experienced as well when really trying to build that that strong team, but um, you're just not hitting it, not you're missing the mark a little bit. You don't know what's going on. Like, how do you overcome that? To to um, in terms of when we're talking about this theme of team building. Yeah. So there are. And you sort of like pick pick any reason and then you need to find the solution. But I can give, I think, a few very clear examples. One is that um, with the remote stuff that we've been doing the most over the last couple of years, um, we saw that a lot of teams who are trying to connect virtually for the first time or the sixth time, like early on, were trying to closely replicate in-person experiences online. So, you know, if you say virtual happy hour, maybe the default is to try to run it like an in-person happy hour. It's not the case. So in-person, you can just provide drinks, provide stacks, let people chat. They kind of go off into their own little groups and it's uh, it's fine. Online, if you try to do that, it just fails because we're all kind of sitting and, and one person speaks out loud and then some people awkwardly laugh, but you don't have those um, small groups to... Um, necessarily to go in to chat to engage with more what we do uh in a set like that is to provide a lot more structure so for example games and activities icebreakers is one example trivia is another easy example um and then some of the more structured games uh that we do uh in addition to that we put a lot of emphasis on small groups so if you were to try to do uh online team building and you just had 100 people in this one room 
really hard for anyone to participate, really hard for anyone to be heard, to connect with each other. But it's actually relatively easy, especially from the administrative standpoint, to split people off into groups of four, five, six, seven, eight people, uh, and then they can do a lot more together. So if um, if folks are listening and they're thinking like, oh yeah, I've been trying to get 500 people together and do all this team building, uh, a pretty easy go-to is make the groups smaller. Still do stuff together with the whole team, right? Like big announcements or, or maybe yeah. some interactions, presentations at the end of awards, something like this. Of course, it should be together. But the more the more you can give people opportunities to uh, engage and interact, which is sort of like optimized for small group experiences, the better. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to take a quick pause here before some of our final questions. Um, if you can provide a little bit more insights on what, what your business is and your company does, teambuilding.com, because people are like, I've been hearing from Michael, awesome insights on team building. Um, so what is it that teambuilding.com offers? Yeah, so uh, the nice thing about the name of our business is it is what we offer it. It's what people assume, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, right? It's nobody's ever been surprised. We run team building events, team building experiences, primarily for corporate groups, but also uh, nonprofits, educational institutions, etc. cetera. Uh, what does that mean? It means that both virtually and in person, uh, we get those groups together for structured games and activities. For example, uh, online, one of our most popular, one of the flagship ones is just called Online Office Games. Uh, we bring people on, we do those team formations, we do trivia, uh, and then we have a, a communication game called Can You Hear Me Now? It's about 90 minutes, it's over Zoom, uh, and uh, it's been very well received. I think we've had, what is it, about 150,000, maybe 200,000 people to date that have done that event and you know rated uh, almost five out of five, very close uh, with the rounding error. Uh, we have another one called Tiny Campfire, where we send people s'mores kits in advance in the mail, and then everybody gets on a call together. They play camp games and activities. Um, in-person ones look like those museum tours, guacamole making competitions. We have photo scavenger hunts. Uh, we have uh, espionage, which is like spy game of deception. Uh, all of our events are fully hosted. Uh, our hosts are teambuilding.com employees, which means that um, they um, they were very carefully selected. They've done a lot of training. They've run uh, dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands uh, of events with us and are uh, extraordinary at what they do. Uh, a lot of our hosts are uh, former or in some cases still current um, performers, comedians, people, people who are just obsessed with um, engagement uh, and connecting uh, people, know how to read an audience uh, and make sure that's a very good time. So uh, yeah, a lot uh, a lot that we do now, a lot that we're going to do uh, more of in the future. Awesome. And um, we'll leave a link in their podcast description for those of you listening, uh, teambuilding.com. You can find out more about uh, them and what they have to offer in terms of uh, helping build your team. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And um, just a few, few more final questions here. Um, you know, diversity inclusion has been kind of those buzzwords, especially when we talk about leadership and, and workplace and work environment. So um, can you share any insights on the important importance of diversity inclusion when we're talking about team building? Yeah, yeah, I can share a little bit, I guess, with a disclaimer that uh, I would not consider myself 
the expert or even uh, a expert in diversity mm -hmm. inclusion, but certainly um, uh, an ardent supporter uh, and uh, promoter and believer in it. I think that with teams uh, and team building, there is something just inherently valuable about different perspectives and depending on what kind of diversity you're talking about, different degrees of it. But uh, I do think a very um, simple or transparent example would be people that come from different countries or even different regions within a country will have different life experience, will have different work experience, can provide you more angles to look at. I remember hearing one analogy that was, uh, it was something like uh, a beach ball, where if you know a team's holding it up, each person only sees their side of it. And I think that if everybody on the team was seeing the side of the beach ball that was the same color, the same texture, everything, there are limitations to it, where um, if everybody has a different background, maybe they have a solution towards um, something that's better for the client, something that's better for the team, et cetera. So uh, I strongly, strongly believe that the value is there. As far as the opportunities within team building to, to promote it, um, there's a lot. So for example, many teams, I'm happy to say that many teams uh, are celebrating and recognizing uh, cultural heritage months, things like uh, Black History Month, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, um, uh, Pride Month, uh, Women's History Month. There are a lot of different ways that you can do that. One way that we provide is um, we'll do trivia sessions with kind of facts um, of history and culture and important figures within the different segments, uh, which is very good. You can also think about uh, when you're doing team building, how to be inclusive and make sure that everybody can participate. So Trivia, I think, is a good example, um, because if you were to go to, imagine like you went out to do pub trivia with friends and you're somewhere yeah. in the United States, a lot of it might be very U.S.-centric, right? It's about U.S. music or U.S. movies or shows or just very U.S.-centric. And so uh, early on, we became keenly aware of this because we get the feedback from teams that would say, look, we're 100% remote. Like, yes, 90% of our people in the U.S., but we also have somebody who's in Amsterdam and somebody in Australia and somebody in India and, um, you know, somebody uh, pick a country, they have somebody there. And so by focusing on the U.S., it was very limiting. It meant that not everybody could participate or felt like they could participate at a full level. So then designing an experience that uh, they can. So we have more international trivia. We have more international games. We rely less on um, U.S pop culture in general to try to make it more global. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So as we kind of close, um, what are a few things of encouragement for leaders that really want to elevate their team building skills? What, what are some kind of final, final last uh, words of encouragement to, to leaders? Yeah. I'd say that your team wants to do it, right? They want to be more connected. They want to be happier at work. And so um, to dive in and start experimenting. From there, um, the regular application of team building, I think, is more important than any one experience. So, you know, you might think like, oh, I need to put so much into making sure this one event next month is a hit. It should be a hit, or at least you should be making attempts towards it. But I really think all of the things in between matter so much, too. So start thinking about the small ways you can do team building, whether it's on uh, your next virtual meeting uh, or uh, in the office room at lunch, something like this. Uh, the small efforts will go a long way. 
Uh, I would also encourage you to just listen to your team, get their ideas, learn what they want to do. Um, I mentioned that we did our team retreat in Nashville. That wasn't my idea. Our team was wanted to try somewhere new. They had heard about Nashville, something from friends, and uh, we're very into it. So it got a lot of, it's sort of like um, uh, snowballed uh, into us going there. And getting, getting uh, those feedback and ideas from your team gives them a lot of agency. And then if you can deliver on it in a way that's exciting for them, it's good. So um, with the informal stuff, as well as the external too, um, I think it could be, Maybe another classic example of team building is like the company picnic, right? Where you have the bring everyone together and and have a barbecue and everyone brings their family, et cetera. That's I think an excellent structure. But what like ask your people in advance, what do they want to do there? How is how are you going to make it exciting for their families and take those ideas and try to include them can go uh, a very long way. Awesome. Well, uh, for those that want to connect with some of the work that that Michael and his team does, uh, we'll we'll drop the link in the podcast description, teambuilding.com. And you can check out all the services that that you can um, use to help uh, build your team uh, wherever you're at in in your leadership and companies and and businesses. So thank you again, Michael, for taking the time to to be on the podcast. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Well, we thank you so much for tuning in to the Executive Leadership Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed this episode with Michael Alexis. And you can find out more about his organization and the tools that they have to offer in the area of team building, teambuilding.com. And that link is in the podcast description as well. Again, you can check out teambuilding.com to find out more about how you can leverage some of the tools that his organization has to offer. So I really hope you this podcast really added value to your leadership wherever you're at in your leadership journey. And also, you can find out more if you're looking for additional leadership training for yourself, your team, or your organization. Uh, we are here to help support you wherever uh, you are at, uh, wherever your needs are. And uh, you can find out more at tcadvisorygroup.com. And also, you can send us an email, info at tcadvisorygroup.com, and we can set up a discovery call, and you can learn more about the services that we have to offer and how we can help you in the area of leadership. And don't forget to give a rating and review on the podcast. Feel free to leave comments on whichever platform that you're listening on. And also, don't forget to subscribe so that you receive a notification when the next episode goes live. Thank you so much for your support and we'll catch you on the next episode.